0: This morning, I want us to look at the Spirit-filled life. The Spirit-filled life. The the big idea in this passage is that the Holy Spirit is at work in a true believer from regeneration and through renewal. And so you have two points in your outline. The new life commences by regeneration and that new life continues through renewal. The world will have you think that all human beings are just a sum of matter, of molecules and atoms, our existence of mere matter, right? But no, your life matters a great deal. Your life matters more than a rock, a tree, more than the birds of the air, or animals with instincts to survive by preying on other animals. You are uniquely, wonderfully, Made, You are fashioned by a divine architect who formed you in his very own image. You were created to show the glory of God, the almighty and sovereign creator. What makes you and I distinct from everything else in this world is that we are more than physical beings. As you sit here this morning, you have a mind which is receiving and computing all I am saying and processing through auditory and visual information and skill you also have a spirit being that God has put deep within your physical frame God the divine architect created man from dust and in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 the Bible makes it clear that God breathed life into his nostrils the breath of life and a man became a living creature there is no such description for other Uh, of of any other of God's creation. The supreme God of the universe breathed life into man. God made a dusty, dead frame to receive life and to begin to, to breathe, to talk, to walk, to move, to reason, to communicate just from his breath. And from that moment, Adam, and we know later Eve, had not just a physical fellowship with God, but also a spiritual fellowship with him. There was a physical and spiritual harmony with their maker. But this did not continue, as we know. They disobeyed and rebelled against God's command and lost that wonderful fellowship with their maker. And Genesis 3.8 tells us that Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of God. You see, just as you and I go into hiding when we have lost closeness with friends or family members, Adam and Eve attempted to hide from God physically because they had lost that spiritual harmony and fellowship with God. But even worse than that, their sins resulted in not just physical death, For God said to them, for you are dust and dust you shall return. And But just like an apple that's plucked from its source of vitality and sustenance begins to decay, decompose and de- degenerate, physical death did not immediately hit them as we know because they lived many more years raising children working yet something profound occurred when God pronounced judgment on them it did die spiritually that moment they sinned against the holy God and Genesis two seventeen, we're reminded but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in that day You eat of it, you shall surely die. Those two words there, surely die, in the Greek, are variations of the same word. Translated as die, die. Signifying a physical death as well as a spiritual death. It signifies a certain death, but also the understanding there's not just physical, but so much more. Lost of closeness. With the divine maker? What is spiritual death? It's separation from God. God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden that very moment they sinned. He created them to inhabit and to enjoy his fellowship and communion. Why does this matter to us this morning? What does it matter and what is the link with what, type, what Paul writes in Titus? Well, every one of us has inherited Adam's and Eve's sinful nature. And we are born spiritually dead and face a certainty of a future physical death. Now you've done well to to wake up for church this morning, but I wonder how you woke up this morning. Did your alarm wake you up? Or was it that morning light that shuns through the blinds that woke you up? Or did a member of your family kindly, gently call you to arise? Or were you urged with a shout, wake up, <clears throat> a scream, we've got to go to church. Whichever way you woke up from your slumber, that's all physical. And we should understand that sleeping is a reminder that we will one day heed to the call of death. Yet notice that you will one day rise to face your maker. And what will determine your future existence is that great question. Have you been born again? <clears throat> Have you been born again? To be born again must occur here in this life. You have one life and how you live it will determine your eternal future. So let's remind ourselves of Titus chapter 3 verse 5 to 7 again. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Saviour. So that being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Our, how are you to be born again? Well, the answer lies in our first point on the outline. New life comes by regeneration. New life comes by regeneration. I've said before, we were all created for eternal purposes. Death came by the way of sin and to cut us off from spiritual fellowship with God. But there is a void in the heart of every person when they are born into this world. That void is the spiritual breath of God. This corrupted flesh of ours is in desperate need of new life. God the Father's purpose and plan before time began was that Jesus Christ would in time condescend and put on human flesh and die on a cross as that perfect sacrifice for our sins. He received the full wrath of God, the Father in our place, and rose again to be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We know this from From Titus 2 verse 4, Paul says that Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. Jesus saves sinners. Jesus saves people like me. People saves. Jesus saves you. So now Paul writes in verse 5 in chapter 3. That God's people are saved by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Jesus died and bled for our sins. But Paul's emphasis here in chapter 3 is on the work of the Holy Spirit. Fulfilling the plan of God the Father by applying the work of of, of Jesus to every true believer. And so just as you needed a wake up reminder this morning. We are all in need of a spiritual wake-up call. A call outside of ourselves. A spiritual rebirth to be born again. That is what regeneration is. It is the commencing of a new life. To be awakened from spiritual death. As the wage of sin to spiritual life. By the Holy Spirit. From spiritual deadness to spiritual life. By the Holy Spirit. That's the rebirth. The new birth. This is the first and only mention that Paul talks about the Holy Spirit in Titus. And it may seem that he's kind of just kind of pushed the Holy Spirit to the background, so to speak. But yet the ministry of the Holy Spirit has been seen right from chapter one. The writing of Titus and indeed the entire Bible is by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul tells us in Timothy this. Paul could only submit to God as a slave of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. The promise of the eternal life was by the prophets who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. The character we read for the qualifications of the elders in chapter 1 are formed by the fruit of the Spirit. The sound doctrinal preaching of God's word that Paul encourages Titus to do, that sound teaching, the sound preaching he asks him to do, is only done by the power of the Holy Spirit. The cross-generational discipleship he mentions in chapter 2 can only be done through the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul is not tagging on the Holy Spirit as some afterthought in chapter 3, but rather to remind me and to remind you that nothing Can happen without the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. God, three in one. Three persons, yet one God. Distinct in person and work, yet one essence. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of God, the Father, but also the Spirit of Christ, also. And so we see that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son and the Father. And the passage we read this morning from, chapter, from John chapter 3 mentions the story of a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And in that chapter 3, as he came to Jesus, he came by night seeking to hear the truth, to know more about salvation, to know more about being saved. He had the understanding and and could see the signs and wonders that Jesus were performing. Meant that he must be from God. But who is this? What's something unique about Jesus? But something was missing in the life of Nicodemus. Jesus' response was telling. In chapter 3 verse 3, Jesus says, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When Nicodemus couldn't quite grasp what Jesus meant by being born again, Jesus then further on in verse 5 states, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And continues, the Bible reads in verse 6 that what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. And at this point, Nicodemus had no spiritual sight His eyes had not been opened yet but we know that there was he knew that there was something different about Jesus but he hadn't perceived it in full clarity. He needed the Holy Spirit to open his eyes, to see clearly, to regenerate his heart, to be born again. You see there are two types of people in this life. Those who are born by the flesh and those who, are, those who are born by the flesh only and those who are born by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Those who are born by the flesh have stony hearts. But those who are born by the Holy Spirit have a new heart. A heart that's receptive to God. That's opened up a new heart, a new creation in Christ. That is a true believer. One is one who is united to God through Christ. Applied the works of Christ by the Holy Spirit, the application is by the Holy Spirit to that individual. That is a true believer. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Those who live and die as unregenerate spend eternity banished from the fellowship of God. This um, past week, I was speaking to an 83-year-old-year-old uh, Ruther, and um, He's been doing some odd jobs for us, a couple of jobs, and he, he's just got a wonderful demeanour about him. Every time he climbs the ladder, I'm a bit worried. <laughs> I'm like, mm, this could be the last day. <laughs> but he, he's just so kind and he just, he's always coming around, just having a chat, sometimes just walks through into the house, comes and washes his hands because he's working down the road. <laughs> But he, he also wanted to help our next-door neighbour, right, with their roof. And he said, oh, you'd happily do it for free. Uh, he, he said, well, or, sh- or should I charge? I said, well, it's up to you. You might as well ask, and if they say no, that's all they can do. But then he said something that stood out to me. He said, yeah, I might as well do all these good works, because so I'm ready to meet my maker. And that stood out for me because it's an interest, interesting statement because it's, if you think about this life in general, this is how people live. Let me do good because, well, if I meet my makeup, then my, my good will surely get me through those doors. I'm sure you know a few people like this. We can only do so much good. We all long to do good. But even the worst offenders are capable of doing good. Even the worst offenders love their family. It's not about doing good. Every effort made by unregenerate human ability or the nicest of characters. Anything that is done outside of Christ has no spiritual weight to it. We cannot save ourselves in our depraved minds in our depraved state, inherited from Adam. The Bible says in Adam, all die. If you renovate and paint the interior of a house to freshen it up and to make it look all nice and new, but forget to take care of the structure, it would all be in vain. It will all be in vain. And eventually, over time, you would witness the degradation, the breaking down of the structure of the contents awesome, and the walls of that house. And likewise, if you make the exterior all nice, if you paint it, if you make it all new, but neglect the inside and treat it as a dumping ground, there's so much, there's a huge disparity there. And actually you won't invite anyone in to that home. That's how it is when we are unregenerate When we are not submitted to the Lord, any good that's done, however good it looks on the outside, has no spiritual or eternal fate. Without Christ, all that you do builds and ends in failure. Our families, our education, careers, our jobs, even church. Success is not the positive outcome that comes from these things, but rather the fellowship that you have with God. The fellowship that you have with this Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who changes your will, who changes your mind, who works in you for your good and for his good pleasure. And so how does God the Father save vile sinners like us? According to Titus 3, 5-6, where it reads, by the washing of regeneration. By renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And our Saviour. And so we see this in three points. This regeneration that occurs. Firstly, the divine initiation. Secondly, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, the washing of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that first point. See, divine initiation. See, notice God initiates the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual life begins with God uniting sinners with Jesus Christ through his goodness, his loving kindness, his mercy and his grace. It is from the fullness of Christ as a medi- mediator between man and God that salvation is pos- possible. See, if Jesus did not stand in the gap for us, That wall of hostility can never be broken down. We need Jesus to take our place. And so Jesus stands in a gap for us. Otherwise, that wall of hostility that would prevent us from coming into his presence would still remain forever. We are grateful to our Lord and God, Saviour Jesus Christ, who has made a living and abiding way. God himself is the fountain of life. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. See, Colossians 1 15 reminds us that he is full of life. His life is the basis for the love that God lavishes on us. That kindness, that goodness he shows to us that whilst we are yet sinners, he died for us. And the righteousness by which we are able to stand in his holy sanctuary. Is obtained only through Jesus Christ and Him alone. See when Paul writes in Colossians that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation, he's not talking about Jesus being a created being. That's sometimes that's what Jehovah Witnesses say, but rather that Jesus is the life. He's life. He's death. He's burial. He's resurrection. He's ascension. He's, he's return is the inauguration of the new creation that's to come, that God himself has purposed. As the body cannot live without the soul, so also the soul cannot live without spiritual life with God. And so in Christ, all true believers have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in Titus 3, 6, that the Holy Spirit has been richly poured out on God's people through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. God is the one that initiates his mercy, his goodness, his grace, his life. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is poured out. The distinct work of the Holy Spirit is to complete the plan of God, the Father, in salvation. By regenerating all those the Father has given as possession to Jesus Christ, our Saviour. God promised in the Old Testament that he would pour out his Spirit, His Holy Spirit on His people. And here in Titus and even to this present day, we see the fulfilment of this. Joel 2.28 read, reads, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. God always fulfils His promises. So the pouring out of the Holy Spirit gives a wonderful picture of being filled With the Holy Spirit. The potter God the Father pours out into jars of clay. His very spirit to empower, to quicken us, to make us alive, to give us a new life in Christ. Weak and frail men and women like us receive spiritual power, spiritual breath to live for him, to live for his purposes. See, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit assures a believer of the future life with God, that moment of justification, that moment we are made right with God when he pardoned our sin. Whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, thirdly, regeneration is by the washing of the holy spirit notice in verse 5 that paul writes by the washing of regeneration see some have taken this to mean baptism uh, b- b- baptism is, is means of a spiritual it's some type of way to be saved that if you're if you're baptized then you are now in god's kingdom and that's the means by which you are saved but no it's a, it's a just a evidence That you have received spiritual cleansing. That you have received a new heart in Christ. That you are now living for him and for his plan and for his good. It is a new birth. This is what he means by the washing of the Holy Spirit. The old nature inherited from Adam is washed away. Water baptism is just an outward display of the internal work of the Holy Spirit. It is a symbol of the new birth, secured through his regenerative work. See, in some cultures, the, the first bath of a new baby, soon after birth, is significant. Our son, was um, his, his first bath was quite special. He had both sides of the family wanting to bathe him. And this is like this preparation that you're now coming to this new world, Right? Sometimes, you know, parents, oh, why do you have to do this? You know, but they, they, the culture is that, you know, we're welcoming this child into a new environment, which is all nice, right? But in Christ, there is a fountain. There is a fountain that cleanses sinners. Like the, that the hymn reminds us that when we are plunged in it, that we are cleansed of all our sins. There our sins are washed away for good. See, God, the Father's love and grace was procured for sinners by Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is the agent of the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the soul of a Christian. Verse 7 in Titus 3 makes it clear that believers are justified by grace and not by works done by us in righteousness, as Paul mentioned in verse 5. What this means is that from the moment you are born again. That beginning of regeneration. That beginning of spiritual life. Right through to when you physically die. Or Jesus returns. It's all under God's grace. Every true believer is saved through one process. Regeneration. But it has two parts. The washing of regeneration. But also the renewal of of the Holy Spirit. And so we have looked at how the, the new life commences by regeneration and what regeneration entails. But now let's, let's briefly look at what it means to be renewed by the Holy Spirit. And that's our second point this morning. New life that continues through renewal. See, the Greek wor- words for regeneration and, and, and renewal are quite closely knit together. Whilst regeneration is the once and for all miraculous act of the Holy Spirit, renewal is the consequence of regeneration. Renewal is the consequence of our regeneration. Renewal is a new life that continues day by day. How we live on a daily basis. The new life received by grace through faith in Jesus Christ is applied to a believer by the Holy Spirit. And how that is lived out daily. You have been sanctified. But you're also being sanctified. I am being sanctified on a daily basis. By the Holy Spirit. In regeneration we play no part at all. We are passive in this act. Yet in renewal we're not without responsibility. You and I have a responsibility in how we live in communion with God. When we are regenerated our union with God is sure but each day how we work out our communion is how we are is what we're responsible for the Lord helps us but he also reminds us to live for him on a daily basis see the Holy Spirit works both to help a believer to do God's will and also to work for God's purposes yet as a Christian We are also reminded in in Philippians 2, as we've been going through that in Bible studies, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That is being a fellow worker with God by submitting to his daily leading, respecting God as the almighty creator, as the almighty ruler of all things, trusting and obeying his commandments, carrying our cross on a daily basis denying ourselves. See, babies have no say in their birth, but they grow up and they become products of their environment, especially in their families. Christians, likewise, are passive in regeneration, yet held accountable in how we live on a daily basis, our daily walk, our speech, our attitude, our thoughts, our actions as part of God's family. Renewal is the daily washing by the Holy Spirit that conforms a Christian to the image of Christ himself. See, when Adam sinned, we all lost our fellowship with God and we were banished from God's presence, banished from the garden. The daily renewal of the Holy Spirit is to restore us back to that garden, to that very presence of God where we can have direct communication with him, That perfect relationship, free of sin, free of its penalty, free of its power and eventually free from the presence of sin. Why do we need this renewal if we're already regenerated? Surely if I'm regenerated, then God just takes me into his kingdom. I don't need to live and struggle on a daily basis, we say. But a letter to Titus highlights that we forget that we are slaves to God Almighty. We forget that we are his chosen people. We forget that sound doctrine that we are taught on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, as we read the Bible. We forget that in how we live sometimes. We don't disciple one another as we should. We sometimes think we can earn God's love by our effort and work. We're not always obedient to submissive to god of authority. We find it a challenge to lead our homes, to lead and to balance our home life, our church life, our work life. We struggle. We wake up in the morning and another day begins. We're trying to live for the Lord, but you're hit with so many things as soon as you open your eyes. We live in a spiritual world, brothers and sisters a world of war. We struggle with balancing so many things, but yet we are groaning inwardly as we await for adoption, as we await for adoption as sons of God, the redemptions of our body. And so we are renewed by the transformative work of the Holy Spirit to make us less and less worldly and more and more godly so we can live for him. But for now, how should you live in light of what the Bible teaches us about the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean for you here this morning? See, the message of salvation through Christ, applied by the Holy Spirit, is regeneration and renewal. It's not an improvement. It's not to improve your character. It's not to get you through this life. It's not to make you look nice. It's not to make you a nice person to your friend. It's much more than that. See, a building in need of restoration work can be patched up. You can do redecoration. You can paint it. You can make it like new. But that's all reformative work. What God does is to build a new building. A new house, so to speak. A brand spanking building. New heart. The old Adamic nature cannot receive some new education as though it can be taught to be subject to God. No, that nature only res- re- results in a fast destructive life, a highway to hell. It is a ruined life that is in need of redemption. You need a new regenerated nature in Christ to see the kingdom of God and to enter the kingdom of God. Spurgeon recounts a story. He writes this. A great many men try to investigate and find out God. Suppose you spend a little of your time in asking God to reveal himself to you. I heard some time ago of some commercial travelers who went to hear a man speak and preach. They came back to the hotel and were sitting in the smoking room talking and they said the minister did not appeal to their reason and they would not believe anything they could not reason out. There was an old man sitting there listening and he said to them, you say you won't believe anything you can't reason out? No, we won't. The old man then said, as I was coming in the train yesterday, I noticed some sheep and cattle and swine and geese all eating grass. Now, can you tell me by what process that same grass is turned into feathers, hair, bristles and wool? Well, no, we, we can't just tell you that. <clears throat> Do you believe it is a fact? Oh, yes, it is a fact. I thought you, would, I thought you said you would not believe anything you would not reason out. Well, we can't help believing in that. that. That is a fact that we see before our eyes. Truly on the same ground, they said, said the old man. I can't help but believe in regeneration and a man being converted, although I cannot explain how God has converted him. See, if you're following Christ and are truly converted, you are a new creation. If you're not following Christ this morning, if you haven't submitted to him and you're waiting for some reasoning and some understanding to just drop. But know this, brothers and sisters, that Christ is the only way. Christ is the only way to be with God eternally. There is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. There is no reasoning that is great enough God has given you all that you need. He has given you the work. You are here this morning. He has given you others who are sharing the gospel with you. Do not miss out on eternity. By seeking to live how you want today. Turn to the living God this morning. So Nicodemus was searching for the truth. And when he came to Jesus that night, he was knowledgeable of the old laws. And teachings, but his eyes had not been opened to the kingdom of God. God had mercy on him. And so we read later on that he he questions the burial and the the the, the putting to death of Jesus. And then when Jesus is then about to be buried, Nicodemus is there also. He's now identifying with Jesus Himself. Speaks volume that can only be done by the work of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you call out to God today that he may open your eyes, that you may see the kingdom of God. You're not just a physical being. There is more to life than that. Time is short, but eternity is long. Where will you spend eternity? God loves you and has given himself through Jesus Christ on the cross for you. To save you from sin, and so that you may have fellowship with Him. In Adam, all die, but Jesus is the better Adam. He has come to make a living and abiding way, He is the author of life. You cannot live without His Spirit. Don't reject the gift of His salvation. Brothers and sisters, why don't we thank God? For the new spiritual life that we have received in Christ by the cleansing of the Holy Spirit. His regeneration work as well as his renewal work in our lives. We need to taste and see that the Lord is good. You have been filled with God's spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench his spirit. See God daily as your only source of existence. Do not turn from this living God. Let your priority be that every morning you wake up, how do I live for you, Lord? How would you have me live at work? How would you have me live in my family? How would you have me live as part of my community? Seek him on a daily basis. He is the only one who can create life and sustain your life, even now. You have been set free from the law of sin. We have been set free from the law of sin and death by the law of the Spirit of life. Now, continue to walk in that Spirit. Continue to walk in the Spirit. Put to death the things of the flesh and set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Travail by the Spirit. Pray. Get down on your knees and spend time with the Lord through the help of the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another, speak to yourself with spiritual hymns and songs. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? David says, hope in the Lord. I shall see him. He's coming back. But most especially, we've been given the sword of the Spirit. That very living word, that inspired word, the inspired word of God. That we should live by on a daily basis. It's the word of God that's breathed out by the Holy Spirit. That's our daily weapon. That's the very weapon that we we stand by. And we fight this battle that we are all engaging with. The battle of the mind. Sometimes our minds wander through, through things we're going through. We doubt God's purposes. We doubt God's faithfulness. But when we look at his word, we come back to it. That he is faithful, that he is good, that he has shown us so much mercy and so much kindness in Christ Jesus. We only but must live for him and him alone. He alone can renew our minds in the spiritual warfare. Your life in Jesus is a witness to the world that Jesus is alive. The word of God in you is a proof that Jesus Christ lives. I don't know about you, but... When I think about what the Lord has done for me, where I should be, what I've done, it's only God's grace that didn't allow me to go too far. That his hand kept me. That's his work, not my work. Left to me, I wouldn't be here. But for his grace and his mercy, he has saved us. It's a miracle that we are saved. It's a miracle that any of us is saved. A gift of grace. A gift of grace, love from our Redeemer. As we close, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. For Jesus, our Redeemer, the Father's goodness and loving kindness saved us by the new birth and daily conforming us to that which he has already obtained for us by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. In the mercy of God, he pleased him to save us, to rescue us, to make us who were once dead alive again. And he's the one who is given life and sustains our lives. There is no true life outside of spiritual life with God. A spirit-filled life. Right from the beginning, right to the end, when we shall see him face to face. New life commences and comes by regeneration of the Holy Spirit, but new life continues also through the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Amen.